following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Eat Sleep List. Your home for list making here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Dan Torres. I'm here as always with my buddy, my co-host, uh, the brain uh, the brainchild of the show, as I like to say, Mr. Matt Johnson. Good to Hi. see you, man. Great to see you, buddy. Two weeks in a row we're in studio together. We've been pretty good about this. Is it two? No, three. I think three weeks now. It is three. This is the third one. Okay. Um, yeah, we came back for uh, Tyler and Ben's episode. Oh, yes, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah, so, so we've, been, we've been having a nice run at doing this. It's nice getting the chance to see you every single week. Uh, likewise. Yeah, and catch I, up a little bit I've, about our weeks. Our energy is just, like you've said it before, it's a lot better. It's just, it's just a lot better of an episode, a way to do an episode um, in person versus Zoom. Now, almost, I almost overslept. I was always like, Dan, I gotta, I'm gonna zoom it again, but I'm glad uh, I did it. Cause it's, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not here at the studio as much as I used to be. Now it's like two days a week. So I actually do enjoy getting the chance to come out here. Yeah. I, I enjoy my time coming out here too. And I didn't do YAO yesterday. So, right. uh, today I just, I needed to come in here and do this. It's a yeah. nice, it's, it's a nice it's, refresh. I, it, it's a good way to, uh, recharge my podcast batteries. That's yes. for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of recharging batteries, uh, leisurely TV is something everybody knows. Yes. Um, and that's what our topic is focusing on today. Uh, if you clicked on this episode, you already know. But our list today is the our top 10 rewatchable shows. Um, so in putting this together, uh, my thinking for this category was shows that we like watching, we enjoy but can have on all the time. There's some really good shows like we were talking about before we started recording that you watch and then you're like, okay, like maybe I'll come back to this at some point and watch it again. Oh, and, yeah. and you and you like it and maybe you'll put it on your top 10, but it doesn't have a lot of rewatch value. Correct. These are our top 10 shows that have <clears throat> rewatch value where you can rewatch episodes over and over again and still notice different things or still laugh at things the way you did the first time. Yeah, I feel it's... It's weird. There's like a certain like genres that it works better. Like comedy, like you would think that comedy might be tough because if you heard the same joke over and over again, it might not like but there's sometimes it's done so well that you're like, Oh wow, this is good. Because actually a majority of the shows on here is is uh, on my list personally is 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 comedy. Um you know, action it's it's honestly probably the mystery ones like mm-hmm. once you know like if there's somebody we're trying to solve the the killer for this you already know it kind of takes the kind of takes the guesswork out of it you might be able to watch it a second time and be like oh wow okay i see where they went with this but th- there are just certain shows that that are amazing like, like sometimes movies yep great movies um 
are really really good. You watch them once, and then you're like, ah, you never watch them again. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of it's one of those weird things, especially like the three and a half hour long ones. We were like, yeah, it was really good. I really really liked it, but. <laughs> Don't know if I want to sit through three and a half hours of that again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but these are ones I'm I'm going to have a lot of fun talking about some of these ones that I put on here. Cause Absolutely. Some of them are just my favorite shows of all time, too, I feel like, um, especially because of their rewatchability. So without further ado, should we make a list, Matt? Let's make a list. All right, sir. We are doing our top 10 rewatchable shows. Matt, start us off with number 10. Okay, buddy, my number 10 is going to be, uh, this is my only streaming service show on here, and um, it just came out last year. I absolutely love it. It's it's very divisive amongst uh, many people, but I'm going to go the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, uh, six episodes. It dropped May of 2022. I remember how excited I was when it was announced. When the first trailer dropped, my mind just exploded. Uh, you know, there, there's really great, there's really solid Star Wars shows, right? Uh, Mandalorian, Ahsoka just came out. Uh, Boba Fett was was you know very divisive, uh, Andor divisive, but something about the Obi Wan show just it made my heart so full. To me, it was like the perfect. You know, there's that twenty year timeline gap in between episode three and episode four Mm -hmm. and there's so much story to tell so much story to tell and this just fits like it was so perfect my heart was so full watching this show um you know it's the 10-year middle point it's 10 years after revenge of the sith 10 years before new hope and it had a little bit of everything i finished watching that show uh, after the last episode i remember telling somebody i'm like this is crazy this last episode, you watched the last episode of the Obi-Wan show. It featured Obi-Wan, Darth Vader, Leia, Luke, the Emperor, Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, and obviously there were several other characters that were referenced or named yep. within it. And it was just so much fun. And it was nice to watch Obi-Wan kind of get his mojo going again throughout the series watch him reassimilate to the world after hiding because the only reason you know a lot of the reason there's been a lot of mystery in those years it's only been like books comics which some of them have been uh decanonized or considered legends so to actually see it live action and portrayed that way um was absolutely wonderful so have to do it uh some of my favorite action sequences the lightsaber battle, I rewatched constantly, uh, and it dropped one of the my favorite Star Wars moments of all time when uh, when Vader's standing there with his with his the the, the gash in his mask and Obi Wan's apologizing to him, and uh, just the art visualization. There's the blue the blue light effect on his face, and it goes red when he gets angry again. Beautiful. So um, Obi Wan Kenobi is my number ten. Yeah, it definitely was a little divisive, I feel like, when it came out. Yeah. But I, I I mostly heard overwhelmingly, like, positive things from hardcore fans, especially the people like me and you who really enjoyed like the first episode yeah. and, like, the, the prequels that came out. There were a lot of people that reacted positively to that show. Pre- yeah, pretty good. Um, Pretty good. People, like, like they have, like, a... Like a 
I don't know, like a comparison thing. Like, oh, Andor is is how Star Wars should be. No, Obi Wan is, and this is like it's so stu- stupid and silly. I I didn't care for Andor, but also I'm not like shaming people if they liked Andor, mm-hmm. and that's just this weird Twitter thing that everybody likes to do. So, um, so yeah, I I liked it. I thought it was a really really good Star Wars show. I the Ahsoka show was really really good. I I didn't care for the way it ended, but, um, but. That was almost on here because there were some lot of cool moments in that show too, mm-hmm. for sure. Very cool. Thank I you. love that start to your list. Thank you. Uh, my number ten is going to be, I feel like in length the longest on this list uh, of all the shows that I have. Um, it's The Sopranos. Ah, yeah. Um, I am a massive Sopranos fan. I absolutely love, love, love that show. I watched it for the first time probably about five years ago or so and immediately was hooked. I've always had a big thing with, like, mob stories and uh, things like that. They really interest me. So that was right up my alley as far as um, the subject matter, but also the acting in that show is incredible. Everybody from top to bottom is so good. Michael Imperioli is amazing as Christopher. Um, Tony Soprano, of course. Um, James Gandolfini was incredible in that role. He redefined television with that role a little bit. Iconic. With how sinister he was. and how It's crazy. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but he he does such dog shit things all the time. Like he, But you're, you're rooting for him so hard. You're you're still rooting for him, even though he's this terrible. He's the real life kingpin, almost. Yeah, I kind of feel like in a yeah. lot of ways. I never wa- I never watched it. Um, I didn't have HBO growing up. I do have access to it now, but it's like it's it's hard for me to get like it's hard for me to get really invested in TV shows, especially one where there's so much uh, to kind of watch along to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of details and stuff. But I realized, like I, I remember everybody talked about it, the finale. Um, when I took a cruise, I was down in like, I think it was an, one of the islands. Oh God, I can't even remember where the hell it was, but there was a giant mural of the Sopranos, like on one of the walls. It was some like some, I mean, some random place in the Caribbean. Yeah. And they, they loved it. They obviously like worshiped the show because there's this giant mural of the Sopranos Mm -hmm. on there. Um, but I remember everybody talking about it constantly. So I, I understand it's, it's meaning to society and, and you know, you're not the only one who said that. You know, to me, that they've rewatched it several times over. There's a lot of people, yeah, who go back to that show constantly. I've so. only done two watches at this point. I did the first watch I did with my mom, and then the second watch I did with uh, Julie, and she was at the end. She was like, "Yeah, that was definitely worth watching. That was really, really good." Um, but I plan on watching it more times. Julie's talked about rewatching it again already. Uh, Episodically, it's just one of the best episodes or one of the best series ever because each episode is so beautifully done. Like, yeah. so, so I can call out episodes that I love for 10 different reasons. Um, but yeah, Sopranos is my number 10 and only that low because it's so long and because I haven't rewatched it as much as these other shows just yet. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's a great choice, but man, I think uh, a lot of people could agree with that one. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Of course. Um, number nine, Matt. All right. Number nine for me, I'm going to put, all right, this is going to sound so weird. Of course, I'm shoehorning football into this. 
Um, I love to sit and watch old episodes of NFL Primetime. Oh, nice. Um, it's not on any streaming app, from what I understand. Uh, it, well, it might be on the ESPN one. But YouTube, somebody has uploaded old episodes of NFL Primetime. It's, it's a cool way for me to kind of watch. You know, I, I'm, I can sit and watch full old games. Like, I can sit and watch and just be excited at, you know, the scheme and personnel and, and play design and all in moments be a fan of it. It's really cool when it's done in a nice highlight reel style show where they're bouncing around. And then they had great, you know, great personalities um, hosting it. Chris Berman, I, I forget the other guy's name, um, but they made it so much fun. You know, I can go and look up, you know, in 1998, you know, what happened in the playoffs or what happened in, in week whatever. And the, the full 40, it's like a 50 minute episode. Obviously, it was played on TV, so there's commercials, but 50 minutes highlighting all the stuff. Seeing all the big plays, the big touchdowns, and the music. I absolutely adore the NFL primetime music. It's one of the f- things that I listen to on a pretty consistent basis when I'm in a good football mood. Mm-hmm. I play it. I try and find the nice extended version. So um, so that one for me is is that. Just, and it's uh, this is – I'm probably one of the few people who, who, who do this, but I, I – I, I don't know. I really enjoy watching old football games and uh, – and so I, I, I rewatch the old stuff and uh just it's it's just cool um to to see some of these players you, you heard about growing up and, and, and playing live and just oh, I love it. I, love I, it. I do that all the time actually. A lot of my YouTube recommendations in history is going back and watching like old sports highlights, especially yeah. because some of them I haven't been that involved in, right. so I go back and watch old stuff to be like, oh, he said that about him, or he did that. Um, like, recently, for the first time, I watched the um, Colin Coherd interview with uh, Baker Mayfield when he oh, had Oh, the OG one. Oh, when boy. It, yeah, yeah, like the OG one, I where he, he, like, tore into him quite a bit. Like Colin Coherd's a dickhead. He he absolutely is, but, like, people put him in his place all the time, yeah. too. Which is um, I used to watch him religiously, and he started like, he started like, just uh, what's the phrase for it? He just like he'll say one thing, and then he'll say something completely different. He does that just typical shock jock radio kind of deal. Yeah, he um, contradicts himself. Yes, yes. Bill Burr goes on there all the time, and Bill Burr will roast him right to his face, and it's He's the so funniest thing that like you've ever seen <laughs> in your life because you know he means like. 90% of what he's telling. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, I absolutely know what you mean. I love going back and rewatching old highlights like that, too. Baseball, too, I do a lot of Baseball. That. I watch a lot of old wrestling. Just get... Wrestling's a big one for me. I, I, I Maybe it's perceived a little bit differently, but I love watching old wrestling shows, me matches, too. segments. Um, I don't love the new stuff. There's like I I can cherry pick certain things that are good, but it for the but I can go watch an old pay per view, no problem. Mm-hmm. Sit there and just be enamored with it. I've recently my Facebook recommendations recently in like reels have been pulling up. <laughs> I don't know why it's been doing this. It pulls up like random SmackDown matches, yeah, from back in the day huh. that like I just just random throwaway ones that I remember watching on Thursday nights sometimes. <laughs> That's so weird, and I love it. It's cool. I but, turn yeah. it on. And I'm like, holy shit! I remember sitting in my living room watching this match. Like, 
the one that popped up the other day was JBL versus Hardcore Holly right before um, JBL took on Undertaker at No Mercy. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why did this? Why? <laughs> why is this I miss in the, the old SmackDown? I, dude, too. the big the fist. The big oh, fist. The best. That was my absolute favorite, man. So good. That was the best wrestling like venue ever. When I first went to one and seen it in 2003... I was like, oh my god, that's the coolest looking. Thing it's ever. so cool. I love, I love the old stages. The yeah. old stages were the best. Yes, they are. Um, very good. Yes, that's one of the reasons you and I get along is we can go back and like reminisce on old highlights yeah. and things like that. Oh yeah, appreciate it. Um, let's go with my first sitcom on this list. I feel like there are quite a few that pop up. Um, I'm a big fan of comedies and things that can have a lot of really good rewatchability because they can make me laugh over and over again. And this show has stood the test of time. And recently I actually watched a couple episodes of it. And I was like, man, I I could watch this show forever. It's Malcolm in the Middle. Um, Oh, man, yeah. So I grew up in a house with two brothers my dad and the dog was a boy. Like it, it was nothing but boys in this house. So <laughs> Malcolm in the Middle, which I know, <laughs> poor mom. Thank you for listening. Love you, mom. Uh, even though there were four boys initially on the show, Francis um, was always away at like military school, or eventually he worked on a ranch or whatever. So yes, his story yes. was also a, a, always a little bit separate from the rest of them. Yeah. So the episodes they were all together were always fun because like all the superpowers are uniting for it. Um, but typically it was Reese, Malcolm, and Dewey who were in the house. So these three boys who are just constantly wreaking havoc, and it, it's, and then you have, um. Brian Cranston as the dad. Oh my god! Who, I had no idea how amazing he was. Like watching that show back then, it's I I knew it because I not knew it, but I knew how good he was because I would see him in a lot of like bit roles in sitcoms, like Seinfeld, which I'll get to later. He played a character on that was on a couple episodes and things, so he was always around, and I could I knew from watching him, oh, he's really good. But then when Breaking Bad came out, it was like, oh, this is a whole new level. Yeah, he's like a pop culture icon. Mm-hmm. And again, watching Malcolm Middle back in the day, he was hilarious, but you just, you, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was Zordon. He was Zordon. That's so weird to say. Oh, man, that's weird to think about. Yeah. Um, he He's incredible. I, Jane, um, oh, I'm trying to think of her name. Hold on one second. Uh, the the woman who plays the mother is really good. People say she was always like too screamy and too angry. Um, Jane Kaczmarek. Yes. Um, but I always thought she was pretty level headed. I thought she had a loud delivery in general. But I th- but her tender moments were really good. Like the, she was very loving in throughout in a, a lot tough of way. Show. I th- I felt like it was a very real portrayal of the American family. Yeah. I, I felt like in a weird way, especially in a in a home with all boys, but uh you know, like I I love those shows. Some of these shows are just too like like the families are just too perfect. 
Yeah, that's the thing I loved about Malcolm in the Middle is they were always like suburban poor. Yes, they were always just like yeah. scraping. Their lawn money was always like, dead. They, <laughs> they yeah, always they had were like, like the terrible neighbors. <laughs> like they had dead grass in the front yard. Yeah, your Craig who worked at the store with Lois who was like constantly in love. with Oh, her the big like, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Stevie who uh, who's Malcolm's like best friend, the guy in the wheelchair. Who yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's so good. And then you go back and you look and you realize that like people like Hayden Panettiere were on a couple episodes yeah. of it. And all these people who are popping up everywhere really now. They're, it popped up. One of those – when I had cable, it popped up on one of those weird like Canadian stations that we get, like Channel 15 or something like that around here on Spectrum. And I was watching it a little. I was like, wow, this is good stuff. It's so funny. It's so so funny. They um it, I watched an episode the other day where Hal goes to Stevie's dad's to um play poker with him and it's the first time he gets invited oh. and he goes down and all of um of Stevie's dad's friends are black <laughs> sitting there and like so he's like just kind of like is it, walking in and not like uncomfortable but you know, it's his it first time awkward. over there, yeah. so it's a little awkward. He gets played the entire time. Like, he's he's not good. And the whole episode, like, he's mad. And, like, he's, like, he's saying, like, I feel like I was discriminated against, like, during, like doing this. <laughs> but then, like, they eventually get face-to-face, and and, uh, and Stevie's dad's like, are you saying what I think you're saying? And he's like, yes, I am. You guys ganged up on me because <laughs> I'm not a professional. <laughs> <laughs> and it w- so it was totally they just took a complete right for what you thought they were going to do and that's one of the things i loved is they never they never never got like personal like that no they never ever did that ever ever and it was good comedy it was good comedy the entire time yes it's a lost art nowadays oh, but yeah, yeah it was good it makes you it makes you like oh they're not going to do that are they that's and a, then they go the completely opposite like 180 that's another you know how i got into that show too which is really funny because it played before SmackDown. Yes. All the time. Yep. And sometimes I'd want to watch Malcolm in the Middle because it was like I would catch a few episodes and I'd be like, this is really funny. So I would just put it on before SmackDown and I knew like, okay, 7 to 10 is when I'm watching TV on Friday night. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really good, very good lead-in. Yeah, it definitely was. Anyway, I've spent too much time on that, but number nine is Malcolm in the Middle. Excellent, excellent. sir. Number eight. Matt. All right, buddy. My number eight, I'm going to put a uh um I'm gonna put Parks and Rec Ooh, on good here show. as just I came into Parks and Rec late and the only reason why I did was because I I absolutely adore Chris Pratt. And I was like, I didn't know he did TV before this. Um and I went and rewatched it. I think uh, I forgot what one of the streaming apps. Or I used to find. I found it on something. I like this. It is, was on Netflix for a while. I think I'm it was. Sure. Yeah, it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It might be on Peacock. Peacock I, now. I one think. of those. Yeah, Paramount. It was NBC originally. Yeah, so I probably think it's Peacock. Peacock now. And I'm like, oh my god, this is hilarious. I love that it took place in Indiana. Um, I love the cast for it. I think it's really, really good. I was just so tired of getting, like, I enjoy The Office, 
and I'm not going to say anything derogative because it's, it might be on your list, and I'm really bad at doing it's it. It's not. No, no, no. Okay. No. I just, I'm, I hate when it got, like, it's just, like, shoved down your throat all the time. Like, it's just, it's coming from everywhere, right? It, it's, it was just exhausting. So, and then I found Parks and Rec, which people enjoy, but nobody, like, talked about, like, enough. Like, I don't remember, I don't remember people talking about it. And uh, I I just went rewatched it and it's it's so funny that so Ron Swanson dude is is hilarious. Uh, one of my the first clips it was uh, it was actually a blooper. It was the Chris Pratt. Uh, they're talking about Kim Kardashian, and he's like she likes to come on her back. Oh yeah, and they're all they're all laughing. His just delivery was just so good, oh, man. and I just love that show top to bottom. Uh, he's Andy Dwyer, right? That's his name in the show. I'm pretty sure. Uh, just he's like me. Like I, I felt super relatable to him and just his existence. Like he's he got kicked out of his ex girlfriend's house and he was living in like a <laughs> like a construction zone, like dirt. He'd come, he leave every day. He's just covered in just dirt and filth, and it was just oh, it was too much. So, so good. Um, so yeah, so uh, Parks and Rec is on there. I feel it's superior to The Office. I know many, many people will disagree with me, uh, but I, uh, me personally, um, I enjoy it more. I just felt like there's a lot of relatability. I, mm, I can't necessarily say I agree with that. Yeah, but I'm. I think you're pretty much right. I can almost agree with that because. When Steve Carell leaves in the office, it leaves a giant hole for, like, the last two seasons of its existence. Very weird. It's very strange. Um, The office humor isn't for everybody, for sure. Like, there's a very specific, like, niche of, like, awkward humor you have to have for it. And the Jim and Pam love story makes a lot of the early seasons of it. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, I like I said, I, I, I do enjoy The Office. I really do. It was just like is there has something ever been too mainstream for you where you're like, I don't know if Game I of Thrones. Okay, there you go. That's another thing. I, I never have never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones because nobody would shut up about it. Yeah. So and you know exactly what I'm talking never about. Never want to watch it. Yep. <laughs> so eventually, in like fifteen years, I will watch that show and I'll be like, huh, I I'll, I see what everyone is talking bad. about. I but, know. Yeah. That The Walking Dead. Walking yep. Dead, I never watched it. Never watched it. Oh man. Never watched a single. It might be an interesting list to do someday. Popular stuff we never, never got watched. into. Yep, <laughs> that is a really good one. Um, very good. I, you, I love that Parks and Rec is on there. Thank I can you. see you loving that show. Honestly, it's so good. Uh, I'm going to put Catfish here at my number eight. Oh yeah. Um, there are some guilty pleasure shows I have, and this is absolutely one of them. If you're not familiar with Catfish and you're listening, Catfish is a show that was um, created by a man named Neve Shulman who was catfished himself, the term meaning um, someone created a fake internet profile and kind of lured him to like do things. So he was in love with this person that didn't actually exist, and it inspired him to do a documentary um, about other people that may have been going through this, and then it turned into a TV show that's on MTV. Yeah, and some of these episodes of this show are so wild. Like, first of all, some people who get in these situations, I'm like, how did you fall for this? 
some of them are really bad to the point where it's like the I see these red flags from a mile away that it's not this person. But then you see some of the stories and you're like, oh, you kind of like you're just looking for a friend. And that like that sucks that you're being taken advantage of by these people who like don't give a shit that you have the rare episodes where it's actually the person, yes. which is wild. And when that happens, it always blows my mind. Um but then when some of the people are revealed that are being catfish or like the cat the uh perpetrators or whatever it's so unbelievably bizarre like people that have made like over 30 profiles doing it people that are just addicted to making lives help people that just want the attention there have been episodes where people like plan it ahead to just yeah. get them to come over there um there was one that I, I was watching a highlight of the other day that I remembered watching where it was the girl's mom that was, like, taking these pictures of the girl and had even, like, taken her nudes, too, off her phone and, like, sent them to people. What? Like, yeah. It was it insane. Insane. And now they have um, – Max used to be the co-host on it, and they have this woman named Cammy that co-hosts now. Okay. And – Honestly, the show's way better with her because she adds a female perspective to it. Yeah. And in a lot of the episodes with the girls, like, they gravitate towards her because they, they feel comfortable. Right. Because like, it's not just two dudes being like, okay, so what's going on or whatever. It's nice to have that even 50-50. I agree. And she puts the dudes in their place sometimes. When sometimes they need you got to be put in their Like... Yeah, like it being like you speak effed up to her, you do that. Like, how can you? Not, how can you say these things yeah. to these people? Um, it's just such a good sh- watch, and it's so addicting once you g- get into a few episodes of it. Um, so, Catfish winds up at my number eight. Very good. I watched uh, a few episodes of it, and uh, I don't know. I feel like not like maybe everybody, but. A large portion of people have been catfished to some extent. Um, I know I have with mistaken, like not mistaken, but somebody using a picture of someone else yeah. to, to meet up. And uh, like there was one time I it was kind of like a, a, a date thing and the person did not look <laughs> like I thought uh, was advertised. And they go, our, uh, we meet in this, we're going down to the falls and meet at this spot. And uh, and they're like, are you Matt Johnson? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and I turn around and walk Good away. for you. I'm like, I'm not playing that shit. I don't, no, I'm I'm good on all that. I'm, <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> there ain't no way. No, I just. It's so uh, like, how do you start a relationship, even like like that, in a way too? Like, it's just fucked up. So it very much is. I agree. Yeah. Um. All right. On to our number seven. Number Matt. seven, my friend. I'm going to go with. Um. I'm gonna go with. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Let's put. Uh, Everybody loves Raymond here. Oh, great show. I love this show to death. It was on my feel-good TV shows list. It's on a lot of my top five um, just favorite TV shows of all time. As far as rewatchability, I haven't had the chance to rewatch it um, in quite some time, but uh, it is a a nice feel-good 
you know, show. I think the comedy still holds up pretty well. Because, uh, I mean, it was, I used to love this. Uh, King of Queens I used to love. But I, I feel like too. I don't know if King of Queens holds up as well um, retrospectively. But I, I do find a lot of good charm in Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, you know, family. He's a sports writer kind of guy. So it's like, okay, that's really, really neat. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's just it's a great cast. I still really laugh at some of the the, the segments. I used to that was my show, right? Like that was my show. I uh, used to watch reruns after school, after wrestling practice, uh, whatever. TBS had them all the time, and they mm-hmm. they marathon it. And as soon as one, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the series ended, it start right back over the beginning. And I was just like, all right, here we go. So. Um, so yeah, everybody loves Raymond. I think is uh, is is belongs on this one for rewatchable because it, it is good. I think it, a lot of the stuff that is another very relatable show. Mm-hmm. I feel with in laws and <laughs> you know, like older, like not like like the parents, like the the across the street. Oh uh, yeah, the, the Barones, the Barones, and, 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 and they just invade. Per- like I, as somebody who's <laughs> just has people just all up in their business um all up in my business all the time family members uh granted i was like oh this is great this is so good it's it's just funny um just (laughs) frank going through their fridge just like all the time just walks in and goes through the fridge holy Uh, crap yeah (laughs) <laughs> He's he was the best man. I I absolutely love Peter Boyle. He yeah, was, I was I was. They were the perfect him and uh, Doris Roberts. Doris Roberts, the perfect married couple mm-hmm. for that show. Oh my god, so good. They were great. Pat- uh, Patricia Heaton is so good as Deborah. She's yes, so so good. And Brad, Brad Garrett's Garrett. been around forever. He's a legend. That dude is a comedy legend. Yeah. I absolutely love Brad Garrett. He owns a bunch of comedy clubs. Very and- underappreciated. Because mm-hmm. I, I think he's tried to be like a lead a lead guy in some things, and it just he was never like a great like lead <laughs> oh, lead man. leading role, but great side character. So like great- he <laughs> he told this story on this podcast I listened to called Whiskey Ginger, um, who Andrew Santino hosts um, about. This sitcom that he starred on on Fox called Till Death. I don't know if you remember. I remember that. that yeah. And he said he said the ratings got so bad at one point that they came in at one point and the ratings were at like point like three. Oh God. Or something like that. It was like or like a point zero three or something like something terrible. So he was like. So he was like, why don't we shoot and just try to get it lower? And they were like, what? And he was like, no, let's just ride this thing out until it goes to, I want a one or a, a point one or lower or something like that. And they didn't like get the joke at all. So he's like, okay, this is just all dying in itself. <laughs> he's so funny. He's very good. He's been on a lot of a lot of stuff. I know he's he's in Finding Nemo. I mentioned that the, I watched that yes. again last week, yes. and he's yeah, he's the puffer. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. I think he was fat. So in Casper, it's Maybe. been a while since I've seen Casper, but I could see that being true. Let me just double check. Yeah, he did a ton yes. Of it work. was it was. He's um, oh, there's been a couple different voices, but um, he has done 
Yeah. Uh, Brad Garrett was him in uh, the original Caster movie. Mm. And he did a couple other ones. So He was dim in a bug's life back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, he's done a lot of good stuff. Yep. So the yep. extremely goofy movie he's in. He's his voice is iconic and like everything. it's very you know you hear it you just know it's yeah him. you're like oh Brad Garrett yeah. yeah absolutely all right very nice thank you um okay on to oh yeah you that was your number seven so That's my correct, number yep. seven what am I gonna put here I am going to put I'll put Curb Your Enthusiasm here on number okay. seven um. I am a big fan of this show and of Seinfeld. Seinfeld will be later on my list, and I'll have a nice um, little button about that. But they were both written by, or at least Seinfeld was written by both Larry David and um, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. And Curb is exclusively exclusively written by... um, Oh, my God. Why can't I think of his name? Larry David. And um, Jeff, he's Jeff Green on the show, but he's got a Jeff Schaefer, maybe is his last name, Jeff. Um, but it is, if Seinfeld was, could say anything they wanted to. Jeffrey Garland? Jeff Garland, yeah. That Plays like, Jeff Green, yeah. Yes, yeah, Jeff yep. Garland. Um, yeah, they're... They have some of the the episodes about nothing format that's basically on a lot of things nowadays. It works. It, it shows through really well on Curb. But what they do really, really, really well is put a bow on the episodes at the end of it. So they'll have a couple of different things going on. And somehow they'll all kind of tie in in some way or another at the end. But it it works every time. It's never forced. They have a very natural way of uh, getting things across. Yeah. And they have had, God, everybody on that show. They have absolutely everybody come through for that show. Um, They did a season where Larry was doing... um, a Seinfeld relaunch as a ploy, like they were doing a reunion as a ploy, so he could try to get back with his ex-wife yeah. by giving her a part on the show or whatever, like <laughs> keep her close. But they, um, they had this gem in it where Michael Richards, for people who aren't aware, who was Kramer on Seinfeld, had a very, very, very uh, isolated incident at a comedy club, uh, yeah, where he, uh where he went off and said some very racist things. He was not, he was not at a good point in his life or his career while he was doing that. He's been Um, pretty much disappeared since then. Yeah. But he's, people have spoken up for him in a very good regard since then. And he didn't entirely ruin his reputation, which I think is a cool thing. Yeah. But, um, he, he had this back and forth thing that was going on in the episode with um, JB Smooth, um, who's the guy in all the Caesar Sports Book commercials now. Um, and he he confronts him on set at one point because he was pretending to be somebody he wasn't. So Michael Richards goes up to him. He's like, I can't believe you're being deceiving right now. He's like, it makes me want to call you a word. He's like, a word I can't think of right now. And, it's, and it wasn't like what it was supposed to be but all these people are watching and they start pulling out their phones and like <laughs> recording it and then he's looking around and he's like what ah, oh, no 
like not again like so he totally 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 threw that back like yeah i know what i did i really effed up and they they wrote it in really great so they yeah they've had everybody the seinfeld cast um uh the girl who plays the woman who plays d on it's always sunny in philadelphia oh yeah um plays uh larry's sister-in-law throughout a lot of the show um, you have Lin Manuel Miranda, who was on a couple episodes of it. Um, it, everybody from like Mila Kunis to Sean Penn has made an they appearance to it's, great uh, people. Ev- everybody. Uh, they have a great episode with Seth Rogen on it. A really, really hilarious episode. It's just it. it goes to show you how like I think how much respect everybody has for Larry David. Yeah, he's. Very, very good. I He's mean, Seifel was iconic, and how many people that were brought into that, you know, that, uh, I mean, as cameos, people yeah. who probably, I mean, look back finally upon Seinfeld for what it was. I used to love, the last time I seriously watched SNL, Larry David was doing the Bernie Sanders impression. Oh Do you remember God. that? Yeah, he was great. He was doing so good. The 1% of the 1% Wait, of the 1%. <laughs> And he did such a good job. He's, uh, he's the best. Yeah. He's he's so, so good. And when you watch Curb, you see why he's such a comedy genius. Because the writing he does is just incredible throughout yes. that series. Uh, but that is my number seven, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Excellent choice. Thank you, sir. Excellent choice. On to our number six. All right. Number six, I'm going to go with... Oh, boy. I'm going to go with... Uh, that '70s show, another one, another beloved uh, sitcom in my life. It it hit me at a weird time. So when I first discovered, um, when I first discovered uh, that '70s show, I had always known about it, but when I started watching it, it was around the time it was like after high school. That weird year of college I had at NCCC and. Kind of just existing until I moved to Rochester, but um, and even after that. But we had Spectrum TV, and you can watch, you can like watch old shows, and 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 whatever. And that seventy show was one of them um, that you could watch just old episodes. Or FX would have a marathon of it, and it just hit me in just a weird way because again, that point in my life, right after high school, college, you have your group of friends. Well. This is my my case. The other people are a lot more fortunate, but my group of friends was starting to kind of split off. Mm-hmm. It's that weird point, and obviously that '70s show was just you know about high school and 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 kind of right after that, you know that that I think they did seven seasons, and that sixth one when Eric he. You know, uh, Topher Grace was going off to do movies and whatever, so he split off the show. Ashton Kutcher split off the show, and it was just that feeling like, I'm like, fuck, this is relatable. Like, mm-hmm. this is tough. And and the last season of that 70s show was not great. It's not. It's, it's not. But it's it's also heartbreaking because you know it's like the end. Like, these characters that you fell in love with that you, you relate to, now they're the, the, the two of the most popular ones are kind of going off and doing their own thing. And it's just it's just not the same show, mm-hmm. and that's how I felt in my point at, in life. Um, doing it, but the the comedy is really good. Um, I, I think it's it's pretty funny, like it's a stoner comedy. It's it's super fun. Some of the acting is very cheesy, um, which I love. But uh, I think that seventy shows a good one. That's another one where marathoning just constantly. 
Netflix had it on for a little bit, and I was just watching, 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 and, and, and reloop. And that that song, the the intro song, "Hanging Out," is uh, is a great song. And uh, yeah, it it, it it was a kind of a cool encapsulation of just just you know you know one second you got this group of friends, then boom, everybody's kind of off doing their own thing. So yeah, it kind of hit me in the feels. So a lot of football culture in that show too, uh, yeah. because of his dad's love. Yeah, the they, they did the Packers episode, mm-hmm. and, and and there was one. I remember. I think the last season there was a there was a a gay couple living next door, and it was this weird thing, and it, like this weird. Like awkward thing with him and uh, and Red Foreman, and then they said they were Vikings fans, and he kicked him out of the house. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was where he drew the line. He was okay. He ended up being okay with him being a gay couple, of course. But but Vikings, it, fans no, Vikings fan, get out. Yeah. You gotta go. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of cool elements. You know, uh, Eric Foreman, big Star Wars fan, he used to have all the toys. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so there was a lot of just just cool. I, I thought it was a very well done show. Yeah, I. This is this is a hard one for me because honestly, a year ago this would have made my top ten. I yeah. am very much struggling with it right now because uh, Hyde was my favorite character on that show. I yeah, I, I understand. I I and I'm I know I'm trying to separate the character from the person. Yeah, like when it comes down to everything, but it's so hard to look at him. And like, be like, man, I freaking I loved you. Yeah, like, I loved you as a character and as a person. And like, I fully get it. I mean, it's it's a shame. I I have a little bit easier time with it than than other people do. Cause I, you know, uh, but I understand because it is it's it's gross and it's it's unfortunate. Because they were doing him and Ashton Kutcher were doing the ranch together, and I started to like that show. Yeah, until the rumors happened. I was like, ah, <sighs> it sucks. yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it always is, but it's it's a great show regardless. Yeah. It is so, so good. Great job. I'm glad that made your list. Yeah, thank you. Um, my number six is going to be um, a show that was actually on in that same era of Fox, but I also didn't get into till probably like 10 years after it was off the air. Uh, I'm talking about Arrested Development. Um, uh, yeah. I absolutely love Arrested Development. The, the Netflix... Um, Later seasons that they brought back, they were okay. They weren't as good as the originals. the The original Arrested Development seasons, the first three, are so well written. It's some of the best comedy you'll ever see in your entire life. Yeah, just the things that they put forth, the goofiness of all of it, and the cast. The family is so perfect. You have Jason Bateman as your lead, Michael Sarah as his son. You have uh, Will Arnett as Job, who's uh, that's a great cast. And Jason Bateman's brother, um, uh, Aaliyah Shawkat as uh, Michael Sarah's cousin, who's he who he's in love with throughout the show, which is so awkward and weird. But then you find out they're not biologically related eventually. So. <laughs> That's it. Kind of softens it. Tony Hale is Buster Bluth, who is like the best character on it. David Cross is Tobias, who's ridiculous. Uh, Portia de Rossi, Alan's uh, ex, is uh, the sister in that. And then you have Jeff, uh, Jessica Walter, and Jeffrey Tambor yeah. rounding that out. But then you have people coming through like Liza Minnelli and like. All these, uh, like Ben Stiller is another magician because Will Arnett's a, a magician and he's always competing against him. 
named Tony Wonder, and he has a W like shaved into his beard. <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous stuff. It's so so ridiculous. They really spaced right three straight seasons, and they had a couple other ones. Right? Yeah, those or, are the ones Netflix picked up. Yeah, eventually. and they had a, a la- one that was released in twenty eighteen and nineteen. Yeah, really spread out. Yeah. Yeah, it was, but those... That's a good thing, though, because I think it shows the popularity of the show. They brought it back, and then it wasn't, like, what everybody wanted. That, Usually it is. Yeah, Usually... That, that's kind of how it goes. I'm noticing that a lot of times when people start to bring back stuff that once was, that it, the desire to have it back is probably, or the idea of it coming back is probably better than it actually coming back. Yeah. I think about that all the all time. All the time. Like, uh, the... The that seventy show the, the newer one right they did was it nineties mm-hmm. yeah that, I don't remember it being iconic show. Fuller House it mm. didn't not didn't hit the same as Full House yeah um, Incredibles two people waited a long time for an Incredible sequel yeah it wasn't it was as not good as loved it wasn't as good it usually never is mm-hmm. I'm noticing so yeah it was still good though it just wasn't like it just didn't hit the same no it, it never hits it never hits like. The thought of the original did no, so not at all. Yeah, um, yeah. Arrested Development is a fantastic show, though. If people out there haven't watched it, it's you'll laugh your ass off, especially if you know the events going on in the time, because a lot of it's about how they think he was building houses for Saddam in Iraq. <laughs> so it's like during <laughs> it, it's during that whole conflict. So it's it's so good for that time period it's so effing funny yeah um but yes arrested development comes in at my number six very good thank you sir on to our top five number five man number five this is where i'm going to put um i'm gonna put the bernie mac show Oh my god, I love that show that's a good entry i don't know there wasn't as many i i God damn, I love this show. Um I don't know why. I, I don't I don't know why the show ever stopped because I think it stopped way before he ended up passing away. Um It did, let yeah. Let me see. It only did it only had five seasons. Yeah, and they did they did a hard ending it uh like a hard ending to the show too. They didn't like leave it on like, oh, we're gonna do more seasons. He I remember in the last episode he's talking to the audience about how he's gonna take care of the kids still yeah but he's still gonna be the same him or whatever and and that's how it ended it was a very kind of oh he got sick around that time so that's kind of what it was wow so that's that's part of it i never knew um but yeah i i watched this religion i remember like my parents watching this it was one of the few shows that i could sit in and watch he oh my god aside from being just funny with his words his facial expressions so good he could tell a story um like you could just tell us when he made some of the faces nessa you know what i mean like, yeah. that's all you have to say nessa and uh jordan oh my god <laughs> and baby girl uh i used to i used to absolutely adore this show because it this I'm trying to think. It was so well done. It also had a style that wasn't being done yet. Yeah, where like there were, I'm thinking of one where he wasn't. He was like, I can't get sick. I can't get sick right now. And it showed uh, 
someone at a birthday party and it showed where the germs came from and then the germs being transported into the house and then him getting it eventually, like what it was on that he ended up getting. But it was that style wasn't being done at no. all. No, he's it was it was so different because yeah, you, the the story be cut and then he cut to him in the chair, America. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, America, and I, it was just so it was oh my god, it was amazingly well done. Oh, so I need to good. find re because FX used to have it. I think BET showed it sometimes too, um, but I need to find like a more consistent stream of it because it, it this was for those who missed out on the Bernie Mac show. You have no like you have no idea how great this 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 thing oh, was. Oh, so good! It, it was it was amazing. There was a lot of good, touching, heartfelt moments, um, but again, the comedy was god tier on point. Yeah. you know what's you know what actually popped up the other day that's really funny is the clip from Bernie Mac of Jordan getting into I think Bernie's Blackberry or whatever and getting Triple H's number off of oh, yes, it. And yes. he's prank calling him. <laughs> and he showed up to the house or something and, like and, that. And, but like they he I think Bernie ends up picking up the phone at some point and he hears them on call and he's like, Paul, what are you doing out here? <laughs> like calls him by his first name. I thought that was so fun. And then like Triple H is in his kitchen that. making breakfast yeah. at the end of it. Oh my god. I remember them advertising for that. He had Stone Cold on for one of he for had his, Hulk Hogan his, his on at one thing. point, I think. It was just amazing. He, was, he did such a good job. He, did, he was awesome. I have a homework assignment for you because I don't think you've seen this movie because not a lot of people have. Okay. There's a movie called Head of State. Have you ever seen this movie before? I remember hearing about that. I might have seen it. So Chris Rock is, um, oh man, what is he? He's not an alderman. He's like a, a ward councilman or so, or something like that. He's he's some very low position, and um, he they bring him in as a candidate for I think the Democrats. Because so, okay. a guy dies in a play. They're like, we need someone, like a, a common man everybody can get behind. And they pick Chris Rock. But Bernie Mac in this movie is his brother-in-law. Okay. And he plays a bail bondsman, and he ends up running as his vice president with him. Oh, and some of the Bernie Mac moments, it's it's like a straight-to-DVD movie. It, it's fucking hilarious. I absolutely okay, I'm gonna love find this. there's the there a clip circulates from it every once in a while and it's Bernie Mac getting off of a train. Yeah. When he gets announced as the vice president, he's walking off this train and going through um the station and there are three people there's a reporter on one side and he goes he's like uh the uh Mr. Gilliam, what do you think of your brother's comment and he just Pimp slaps him with the left hand. <laughs> and then another reporter tries to ask him a different question. He pimp slaps him with the right hand. And then there's a guy at the end who's like, my man, he go, I know you're in the office right now. I have my mixtape. I just need somebody to get to it. And he like winds up on the pimp slap and just pimp slaps the shit out of him too. It's so like the little moments in that movie are so damn good it is so worth watching i i'm gonna find this i made randy watch it in high school and now we quote that movie all the time <laughs> to each other for no reason at all 
it's it's so underrated, and if you like Bernie Mac, you'll like him in that movie for sure. All right, no, I I absolutely adore Bernie Mac. He's Rest in best. peace. He's the best. Man. My God, he was so. Damn he good. used to do um, a ton of the voiceovers on Kanye's albums too. Did he so, really? Yeah. Um, late registration, um, which is like the last album he did, or not the last album. The last album Bernie Mac did is what I meant. Um, it's Kanye's second album. He does the intro on it. Yeah, like, new hole, new hole here. Like whatever. No like kidding. yeah, yeah. You'll have to go back and listen to it at some point. Okay. Um, very good. I love that as an entry. Thank you. I totally forgot about that show. Now I'm gonna have to track it down. People don't like. I will. I will. It's a very like niche group of people that know when I when I see the Bernie Mac show. When I first about. had Netflix, it was on Netflix. For a while, yes, and I rewatched it when I was on when it was on Netflix, and I was like, "Man, this show's effing good." Mm-hmm. And then it disappeared, and I couldn't find it anywhere else. Yeah, but it, you know what I always loved about that too is he always used the payback by James Brown as like a musical interlude. Yes. for all of his stuff, and I fucking love that song. I love the payback by James Brown. It's a great song. It's so good. Great song. Um. Very nice. Very Thank nice. you. Thank you. Uh, I am going to put my last non, um, my second last non sitcom show on. Okay. Here. This is my reality show entry, my other one with Catfish. Um, I absolutely love Gordon Ramsay. Yep. It is, I, he is a household staple in my family's, Julie's family's, like all, our collective households. Um, but my favorite show of his is Kitchen Nightmares. Okay. Which is. I don't know if you've ever watched it before. It'll be a struggling wa- a restaurant. They're in yes, yeah. like financial trouble. Their food's not too great. Um, there are internal problems with like management or owners and things like that. And Gordon will go in. It used to be for a week. I think it still is for a week because they just brought it back. Uh, but he'll go into the restaurant and he'll like taste the food. He'll look at the uh, decor. He'll tear apart the freezer. But just hearing him, especially the unedited episodes, where you could really just, like, take in all the F-bombs he's saying and, like, just everything that he's describing with his vulgarities, it it's so good. But he's also such a good chef that he doesn't just tear them apart. Like, he very much goes through and listens to them and they're like, what are the actual problems that are going yeah. through? How can I solve this? really analyzes the problems well, will condense the menu a lot of times to things that are easier to make and way better and way more flavorful and, like, fit the restaurant better, like, fit the places. I was watching one recently where he, like, went around the town. He was like, this town doesn't have a steakhouse, so let's make this place a steakhouse. Like, why don't we do that? Like, they need one here, so let's... So he is very good about giving people what they need as far as um, their restaurant goes. And it's amazing to see some of the turnarounds he does. I was just watching it before I came here. He's a guy who takes his craft very seriously. And yes. he comes off like an asshole. But again, he like his reputation, you have to. Yeah. Like you have to if if you're get if you're gonna be this renowned food critic, you can't be a slacker. Like if you're brought in to do a job and fix a restaurant or whatever. You got to be a you got to be a jerk sometimes. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but he's he brought him to do a job. I like I've watched that show a few times. I've watched I think Bar Rescue a lot more mm-hmm. 
That one is interesting, and it's about it's kind of like the same thing, but obviously Ramsey's a little bit more 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 food, you know, things where bar rescue is it's more. I think it's more aesthetic. Atmosphere, yeah. Yes. But both great shows. Um, I mean, right, you're an idiot sandwich. I think that's where that show, that, that gif, I that think meme so. comes from. Yeah. Um, or, or this, like, it's, yeah, I, I, I love Gordon Ramsay. I, I think he's, he's great. The best. And I, I even like, too, how he turns it on and off, like, for, for kids. Like, he's super. Oh, yeah. Like compassionate and understanding because he, I'm sure he remembers. He understands what it's like to. There's a level of responsibility when it comes to cooking as a child versus cooking as as an adult. You know, um, cooking as a child, this is where you're learning and and, and you're 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 trying to come into your own. Where as an adult, if you've been doing this for a long time and you say you're this and that, it should supposed to be better. You know, so exactly. Um, Very good. On to our number four, Matt. All right, number four for myself, I am going to put, um, what do I got left? Ah, yes. Okay, I'm going to put uh, The Andy Griffith Show. Oh, great show. Here. Um, Andy Griffith Show is uh, is my number four. I love old television. I think it's wholesome. I think... Uh, it used to be an event. It used to be something where uh, people can uh, can just like you can get together as a family and do it. Now I feel well, maybe it depends on you know where you're at, but I feel like there's television for the adults and there's television for the the kids. And I, at least growing up in my household, there wasn't there wasn't things I was allowed to watch with my parents that um, you know it's just. Can't watch it. It's too suggestive or adult themed. Yeah. Um. So back, like I view like the fifties and sixties and some of that like early seventies television, very family. Okay. The our world doesn't revolve around TV, but when it does, we're a family. And the Andy Griffith Show. I love Lucy. Um. You know Bonanza. Some of those like older shows. Like they're they're just cool. Like a, it's a event television. And let's come together and watch it. And there was, there's still good things like I laugh about, I enjoy, um, you know, with the show. I I was on a big TV land kick in high school and after a little bit after high school where I would just leave that on. I'd go to sleep and leave the TV land on, and I but I'd be watching Andy Griffith's show. And uh, I loved it. I loved it. Black and white. I just loved the, the, the feel, the vibe. Love it. I mean, Jesus, young Ron Howard, yeah. and he's still super relevant to this day. I mean, that show is old, very old, black and white old. You know, Don Knotts and and some of the other cast, and there's a lot of fun characters and just moments. But it just it's such a throwback because it's. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the earliest you know major TV shows. Yes, that, and it's cool that it's still on to this day. I love the song, the 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 whistling mm-hmm. song. Andy Griffith did it himself. Because uh, he had some musical talent, so I, I still rewatch it to this day. Uh, episodes never get old, and I just there's so much charm and legit just humor mm. in all of it. So very yeah. much so. Love the Andy Griffith show. Me too. Ron Howard is another part of Arrested Development too. By the way, he narrates all of it. He does, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. That's right. Which makes that show so much better. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Yeah, I love Ron Howard. I, I really like the Andy Griffith show. I it's, really like it. It's uh, it's 
man, I do love it. It's it's really it's one of the ones that I've really gravitated toward. Right, single dad. Not, not that it, like that, that I gravitate towards the single dad thing, but a single dad raised in the sun, and this like small town setting, which I just adore. Yeah. I would, I went up and leave for a small town in a heartbeat. It just this, you know what I mean? And just the location, Mayberry. It's just this simple town, and uh, and and whatnot. So yeah, I it, it's it's so good. It it brings uh, it brings warm feelings to my heart when I watch it. Agreed. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, very good. Thank you. My number four, I'm going to put American Dad at my number four. Um, <laughs> this is one of my comfort shows. I've kind of gravitated away from it in my more recent years, um, but I was actually thinking about it today, how I need to catch up on like the newer episodes and things like that. Yeah. But a couple years ago, probably as soon as like, as recent as like five or six years ago, I was falling asleep to American Dad episodes every single night. Yep. I would just, when it was over. That on, family guy. Was, yeah. yeah. When it was over on Hulu, when I got to the end of it, I would just restart it and it would just be the thing that was constantly playing in the background of everything I was doing. Cleaning, sitting there, like doing whatever. It was just Steve Smith's voice in the background of everything I was doing. I love every character on that show. Stan is ridiculous and has gotten somehow stupider over the years. I don't know how it's possible. Francine is the most wild character, like secretly addicted to drugs all the time. Like oh, yeah. party girl, like really weird dark side that she has. Um Steve Smith, who I related to more than a lot of characters in my childhood with this nerdy, geeky, like trying to impress girls type of thing. Um, Roger, who's just... Yeah, just an alien. Roger is just... It dresses up as whatever he wants. As whatever he every wants. episode. Every persona. I love every... I probably will get a Ricky Spanish tattoo eventually. <laughs> or just one of his personas. Like, maybe Clip Clop, Generalissimo, <laughs> something like that that he did. Um, Haley, I've always loved. And Jeff is, like, the perfect compliment to her because oh, he's yeah. such a dumb stoner. <laughs> Um, it's, it's so, it's such a damn good show. The fact that Patrick Stewart is the CIA director's yeah. voice on it and they get to him to say the most ridiculous crap that's like ever existed. I thought it was just an impressionist. No. And then when I found out that they actually have him doing, I'm like, that is no, that's cool. actually him talking about cocaine and like strippers all the time. And <laughs> and I like he's the most wholesome, just human being. <laughs> One of the most wholesome human beings. You just have him just be that for whatever reason. There's literally the Ricky Spanish episode. He literally opens the door to his house and says, "Steve Smith, Ricky Spanish, we're doing cocaine and shooting guns. Join <laughs> us." And that he they walk in his living room. This woman's there, and he's like, "I just met this woman." <laughs> Just like this, dude, they have him totally unhinged. Yeah, the the voice cast they use on that is so, so good. It's so, I love the randomness of the humor that they do all the time. They've had a weird running storyline through its entire existence. Yeah. Like, somehow, like, all the changes, like, stay canon in that world. Like, yes. all the changes, like, are very much, like, things become kind of permanent and, like, go on and off the Which show. Which is very unique, because a lot of shows, it's that episode and then it's done. Yeah. It's it's done. Roger's Golden Turd was a storyline <laughs> for years and years and years and years and culminated at like their 200 or 300th episode or yeah. something like that. Like they worked it into it. 
which was I was like, oh, so you're remembering all of these things that you're and doing. Which that is good writing. That's fantastic yes. writing. Yeah, because again, it, it, yeah, I I used to drive me nuts when like, cartoons didn't feel linear. Yeah, what happened in one episode didn't happen in another, and yeah, yeah, I would like Family Guy's really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but when it first was around. The power of the cutaways was unbelievable that they had. Like the cut, the cutaways were circulating YouTube. You could, you would just go on and be like Family Guy cutaways and oh, like yeah. watch a compilation of all of them because that's where their humor was. Since then, they've evened it out to like a fifty-fifty almost, and they don't rely on cutaways as much as they nearly used to. And it's still funny. You just have to like go in and be like, yeah, this is this is just Family Guy now. This like, this is. This is how it is. Yeah, Family Guy. There was a. I haven't watched Family Guy in a in a, in a little while. Um, I feel like it got a little. It, to me, it got a little redundant. But American Dad always just felt fresh. Yeah, always felt fresh. Yeah, there's definitely definitely a lot more freshness in American Dad. Yeah. Yes. So that's why it comes in at my number four. Very good. Thank you. Top three. Matt, you're number three. Okay, my number three. This is where I'm going to put Golden Girls at. Um, Great show. It is a it's such a good show. Uh, it is like when it comes to just sitcoms in general, it's my number one favorite. Um, just again, the eighties uh, culture time period. It's 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 so much fun to me, and and the jokes were funny. That they did such a good job of just portraying and just living this, you know, down in 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 Florida, and and just to me, that's like the perfect 80s like state i guess because there's so much you know miami vice and all that that happened down there mm. but um just I, I i really it's i can't say enough good things about about golden girls and and, and what it is and and again the comedy holds up uh you know uh, oh god what's her name just passed away last year two years ago betty white betty white the last the last survive you know the surviving one of it um, they've all passed on since and, uh, but it was just, they all had just different personalities and, and, you know, I, I didn't love the show as a kid. I would watch it, but something about when you're older and you just appreciate that style of humor and some of the things that they'd go through. Yeah. Um, uh, Dorothy had, it was just the, the funniest, just funniest one. They were all very, very good. Um, in my opinion, but, uh, yeah, it's very watchable. Another TV land, just classic for me. Um, they did a sequel series and it didn't do very well without, without Dorothy. Um, the golden, uh, I forgot what the heck it was. I want to say like golden, it wasn't golden years. It was like golden, something else. Um, but it just, it just didn't hit the same. It wasn't the same yeah. show. Um, but yeah, I'll rewatch original golden girls all day, every day. Love it. Yeah. It that's an excellent classic too. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, that's I mean again that's peak that's peak TV and I, I know there's been a lot of like bad flops when it comes to sitcoms and stuff but uh, I don't know just the eighties era just feels like there's so many just timeless classics. Mm-hmm. So many. Yeah, I could agree. I'm a big Wonder Years guy. Wonder I'm Years. Yeah, that's Wonder a great years. one. Mm-hmm. My dad used to just rave about that. Yeah, it's a really good show. Um. Very good, Matt. Love that. Thank you. Uh, my number three. This gets tough because these are very interchangeable for the most part. I'm going to put Seinfeld at my number three. Excellent. Uh, I've 
had nothing but good things to say about this show already throughout this episode. Seinfeld is one of the best sitcoms of all time. It's, the, it's the first show about nothing where they kind of just yada yada their way through a bunch of episodes, <laughs> pun intended with that. Um, and it was the first show to just kind of be like everyday things. Like we're laughing at the comedy of people doing stupid things throughout their life, getting themselves into stupid situations, the quirkiness of all the people around you as well um, with all the characters they bring in, people they date, people they, they – they're every, no one was safe. Everybody no. was targeted in that show. Parents, spouses, victims, like eh, – It eh. made fun of every, anything and everything, everything, and that's what made it so good. And um, another thing too was – Jerry Seinfeld is one of the best comedians of all time. Agreed. But he's not an actor. He's he's not necessarily like this incredible no, like he didn't have a movie career. He, he didn't, didn't really have, have a, movie a great career. movie peop- uh, career. So, he surrounded himself with a cast of characters that would be the highlights yeah. rather than him. Right. Like George and Elaine and Kramer and Newman, who like Newman's an incredible part of that show. Yep. And like Peterman, who uh, is played by John O'Hurley, who Elaine works for forever. <laughs> Just like all these Tim Watley, who um, was Brian Cranston's character throughout yes. that show, the dentist. The dentist, yeah. Um, it all these. It's just these weird, weird people. Putty, who dated Elaine forever. The, um, people used to say that I reminded them of Putty. Really? Yeah. I see it. In middle school and high bit. school, I get maybe I was just, I don't know. I, I used to remind them a lot. I, I used to get that a lot. My uh, my mom used to be like, oh, that's actually a pretty good, fair comparison. Mm-hmm. So um, One of the goaded TV dads of all time was Jerry Stiller, who played oh, George's dad Stiller and so he much. played... Um, Doug's dad, on, Arthur Spooner, uh, the yeah. father-in-law. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he he's the absolute man. On Seinfeld, he does some of his best work. When they when Kramer gets that ass man license plate by accident, <laughs> and Jerry Stiller goes to confront him about stopping short while uh, yes. while taking George's mom home, yeah. and he screams at him, "Don't don't frank me." <laughs> Ass man and <laughs> screams that at him like that. Just these stupid things that he did. The comedy is brilliant. When I had COVID, was it two years ago now? Yeah. When I yeah. when I had COVID two years ago, um, I rewatched Seinfeld from beginning to end because I was like it's amazing I, because there was I I didn't want to watch something new because I was so tired too. So I was like, I want to watch something that like I can just go through. And I went and rewatched every single episode while I had COVID. It is so funny. It is so funny. I had to keep from laughing too hard because I, I would start coughing every freaking time. But it's you see why it holds up so well. It's just so well written. And again, Larry David's a huge part of that. Yeah. But the success of the cast in general just is is so amazing. I think the bloopers are really good too. If you ever was at and watched yeah. some of the bloopers, there's the one where they're filmed. I think it's like some one where Jerry Stiller goes up to Elaine and and, and George and he's like, "Oh, my uh I forgot what it was, but he goes, "What the hell is that supposed to mean?" because she insulted George. Oh, yeah. And she laughed. They couldn't finish the t- they couldn't finish it cuz she laughed like 30 times. I know exactly I know exactly the one you're talking about. It's it's <laughs> Uh, he's picking George up from like uh, a police station from the or police so? station. Yes, yes. 
what the hell is that supposed to be? She just keeps laughing because his delivery is so good. And he, they, he just he was he was a trooper. He just kept doing it. Where like I feel like I watched some of like the Michael Richards outtakes. He just he he it drove him nuts when they had to redo a scene. <laughs> Where, but they just embraced it. Some of them just embraced it. And, <laughs> he and, just thought too much about it. I think yeah. all the time. Where he because I would see. I remember one blooper I watched. He came in and the audience clapped for him. So he like he paused when he was. But you could tell he was like getting ready to say it. <laughs> so like he paused and he like let the la- the uh, the applause go or whatever. And then he started trying to say it again. And he went up on the line and he was like he was like. Damn, applause threw me off or whatever, and, like, and walked out. But it was just in his Kramer way. It was yeah. so good. Amazing. Um, but yes, um, Seinfeld is one of my favorite shows of all time, and it comes in at my number three. Excellent choice. All right. Number two. Number two, I'm going to go with uh, my favorite show currently on the History Channel. Not that I watch on Hit History Channel much anymore, but I'm going to go with Pawn Stars. Oh, great show. I love Pawn Stars to death. And a lot of people, like, hate them because, you know, whatever. Business is business. It, you know, they hate how the low balls people and it makes money. I'm like, whatever. It's, it's all just how business works. But um, Pawn Stars is, to me, that and American Pickers are the best of uh, remaining shows on History Channel as far as history goes. I used to love History Channel when with the history docu- you know documentaries and stuff. Which they do have like online. I think there's a History Channel Plus, something like that. But for me, Pawn Stars is really cool seeing some of the things that walk that come in, you know, to the shop. The the memorabilia. The they did one episode where they had a, a an official like George Washington like suit. Like it was it had like a pink it had like a pink hue to it. But it was it was George Washington's suit. Um, you know, uh, he did. The one episode we did, like, Willy Wonka's uh, The Chocolate Factory props. Oh, yeah. From the original Gene Wilder film. Uh, The original Superman. One of the original Superman, you know, uh, suits he had in his, you know, for to buy. And uh, the cars, the shoe collections, just so much stuff. It's really neat. And that's kind of, that's some of the history that I like. That little, you know, just a little touch of nostalgia. Um you know, just just seeing how things used to be, like some of the guns they brought in. Somebody had like a peg leg gun. Wow. Yeah, it was it was it was wild, <laughs> absolutely wild. Um, it was like a desk gun that somebody brought in. Just really crazy stuff uh, that I, I I really enjoy seeing. Um, just you know, it's a cool. Uh, they're all everyone. There's there's stories surrounding every item that that's brought in, and. I don't know, there's so many episodes that even rewatching some of them, I get like it, it's cool to see them again. It reminds you uh, of them. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to go in there. They, everybody says it, the, the shop's a lot smaller than it looks on TV, um, but I've always wanted to go, kind of just check it out because I, 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 I think it's the coolest place. Yeah, it's kind of amazing how angles will make a room look. Yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, uh, very cool. I do love that show. I don't watch enough of it. But I've seen some really, really cool shit come into that. Yeah, stuff, I'll, I'll listen to it. I'll throw it on my and and at work. I'll throw like a YouTube like highlight reel. I'll just listen all day. Yeah, I do stuff like that too. I love doing that. Very good. Thank you. Uh, my number two is going to be Batman Beyond. Um, I'm not going to spend tons of time on this because I talk about Batman extensively on this show, and I've talked about um, Batman Beyond a, a lot as well. 
I grew up with the show. It was the first Batman series that I can remember, like, watching episodically from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, it's just got such a good plot. The episodes are so cool. Um, the combination of Will Friedel and uh, Kevin Conroy is great in every episode. Um, the Return of the Joker movie, it, to top it all off, is so good. Yes. Um, but it's just three really good seasons of Batman. It's three really, 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 really solid seasons of a good Batman story. And it's always been the most comforting to me. So whenever I want to put on, like, a Batman thing I can have on, pass- like, kind of passively, Batman Beyond is my go-to. Just throwing on a, a random episode, rolling dice and being like, okay, uh, 16, or, and then picking, like, one through three and then episode 16 or yeah. whatever. Like, something like that. Um, there, there are so many good episodes, and... I just relate to everything in it so much that it had to be on the list, and it's going to be at number two. That's a good one. It was a weird. It was a weird time for Batman too, because the uh, was a Batman and Robin movie kind of like it kind of it flopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we were we were in that transitional period, like the Batman and Robin animated show had come to a close, and we were still a few years away from Batman Begins. So it, like early two thousand was such a weird time for it. Yeah, and that's where like Batman Begins, you know, it, it, that's where it hit its stride. I don't. It, it was a weird time, and like, like I'm just like turn of the century, you know, kind of thing. But it was still really, really good stuff. I remember watching this with my cousin all the time, and they had a video game uh, based on Batman Beyond. But it was just yep. cool to see, you know, uh, you know, old Bruce Wayne and, and Terry McGinnis and, and all that. It so, was creative. Yeah. Just to see the whole world age was really cool. Yeah, the futuristic styling mm-hmm. to it. That was I thought it was such a nice touch. They did a better job with that. I, well, they did like a Spider-Man like unlimited show that was like took place on like a planet, like a, a, a an alien I planet. I remember that. And I hated it. It was supposed to be like the sequel from the, the animated series. Um I didn't like it. It was just it didn't it didn't work for me. But Batman Beyond did. I know the theme is kind of different, but it was just like this futuristic take mm-hmm. on Gotham City and everything. And it was just so much better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, all right, we are on to our number one already. If you have any honorable mentions too, we can drop them here. Um, I would probably put American Pickers on there um, as rewatchable. I had a couple other ones that I I wrote down to. I'm trying to think. What? Oh, uh, the first generation of Pokemon I think was really cool. I yes. still love the art style, and I I still like pick up on stuff. Um, Daredevil, the original Netflix Daredevil show was tremendous. I'm really hoping this this new one that they have in the works is. Uh, is as special as as that one was. It was just a game changer, and it set the bar so high um, that I think some of the other Netflix shows just could not reach it. But did you happen to see the trailer for Echo? I watched a little bit of it. I know that he cameoed in it. Fisk is in it for sure. Yes. So like they, but the way they're presenting him, it looks like they're keeping kind of that same style Which, they were doing as they should. Yep. And recently, I heard that they. Um, fired the writers that were working on Born Again. Yeah. But it was in favor of bringing in people who were going to keep it more to the style of Netflix. Yes, which I which I like. There's supposed to be a lot of episodes so that's of it, promising. So. Yes. That's very, very promising. That makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, very nice. I, I'd say for me it was probably Friends as an honorable mention. Yep. Um, 
any kind of sports highlights, like we were saying, um, there's a great channel called Larone on um, YouTube that does MMA uh, good recaps, like really, really good ones based on rivalries in the past. Yeah. Um, Kill Tony, which is a podcast I've been getting into a lot recently, um, which has episodes on YouTube. Um, me and my wife have been watching like crazy. Um, yeah, all of those ones I would say I would throw. Very in good. Very all good. right, on to the main event for your number one. My number one. I've talked about this show quite a bit. I think it was my number one cartoon list episode, but I'm going to go South Park here. Oh, so good. Uh, you can watch an episode of South Park, and and it's kind of crazy. You watch like. They all have, a lot of the some of the original stuff hasn't aged I think as well, but the stuff that's like parodying the times that when they come out I think are are great. Uh, they just dropped the one with the, with Cartman and, and Kathleen Kennedy. Oh my god! <laughs> the, the 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 I forgot what the something Stone. I I just watched it last weekend and it was so damn good i gotta watch it still it was it was hilarious it was basically why why everything like disney kind of has put out has kind of just been not like shit but it's just it's it seems like formulaic like yeah, it doesn't yeah, fit yeah. you know what i mean it, it was kind of it was a very funny way of doing it um and there was some other you know again the the whole just every year there's always something you know something major going on in the world and it just parodies it it does so good. You can watch an episode and just go back to that time period. You can almost picture where you were in life at that point. And HBO Max has them all on there. I think Paramount has some yeah. of the stuff as well. Uh, South Park is is a great rewatchable show, I think. And and you know they've never changed, which I like. You've never like Simpsons. The the longer it's run, the more people have turned on it. With South Park. I think it, it's aged gracefully. Yes. Very well. Because they've never changed how they did the jokes. They never pulled back because, you know, culture is, you know, the culture towards certain comedy things is changing. It's It's been so good. And I still get a chuckle out of some of the stuff that's said or done on these shows. Oh, my God. I uh, I was just yesterday. Was it yesterday? I'm pretty sure yesterday. Um. I put on because it's the end of Halloween season. I'm looking for little things to end the year with. Yeah, I've <laughs> I put on the episode from one of the more recent seasons. I think it's twenty two six. Um, it, it's like the male witches episode where they do the Jack and Crack. A hacksaw or boss is a hacksaw or why? Like just saying these <laughs> stupid things. And then uh, the one guy actually has the spell book, but then they eventually call um, Garrison, who's in the White House at that point. Yes. And, and he guesses who it was. He's like, uh, I, I can't remember what the guy's last name is. Like, was it that guy? He's such. He's always been such a douche. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he says something like, uh, the, the witch is like, I have... Uh, I have power that you'll never understand. He's like, you want to see real power? Okay, boys, take the shot. And he just takes him out with one of the government satellites that's just <laughs> trained on him. I the Jersey Shore episode was oh, like so stands good. out to me. Snicky went smush smush. Oh, she's so she's raping me. The car is like she's so bad. 
It's just, and it's, then they're like, yeah, they're teaming up with like Osama bin Laden, and then they kill him at the end. Like, we got him. It's just so we got him. It's just so ridiculous. He, even like the one I was when I I think Randy Marsh is like the best character on. It's between him yes. and Butters for me. They they yes. get tossed up all the time. But he's like, uh, he's like, it's Steven's loose. Get the boys together. We have to stop him. Uh, if, I'll bring the Jack Daniels and maybe just bring a little bit of crack. <laughs> he, he was doing Lord, and I used to love Lord's oh, music. Man. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. am Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can go on forever. I was I saw Lord live, and I was very disappointed it wasn't him. Really? Oh, oh I was about to say dis. I I heard disappointed. I'm like, oh no, she was awesome. She was awesome. She was. She I was fucking loved fucking her music. Fantastic. Oh, very cool. Uh, disappointed it wasn't him that's amazing <laughs> uh, but I will say so that was at Bonnaroo that I saw them so people okay. carry carry around totems yeah. all the time um, and that just have different things but it's a, a waste for like friends to find I saw so many good Randy Marsh Lord <laughs> totems going around good. oh it was the best very good it was the best uh, that's an excellent number one thank you kind of goes not hand in hand with my number one, but it's it's very ridiculous. Like my number one is my number one is my probably my favorite sitcom of all time, which is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Ah, uh, yes. There are some people that are absolutely turned off by the show. There are some people that absolutely love it. I'm in the category of people that absolutely love it. I, it's the same ballpark as Seinfeld, where it's just like all these shows about nothing. They do all these ridiculous episodes. All the time. In their last season, they just did a bowling episode. So they literally do, like, just these... They're, they're finding everything they could possibly terrorize to terrorize. Yeah. But I love the premise of Sonny because it really did just start off as uh, Charlie, Mac, and Glenn uh, all just getting together and, like, doing a show. Like right. just just figuring it out, Robin. Uh, Robin Glenn, I should say. I said Mac instead of Robin's <laughs> his character name. But there are these guys that just had this great idea, executed it in the first season. And the first season, it it looks like it's being shot on a camcorder. It's it's kind of hilarious to see how far they've come now. Yeah, but it's still so fu- it's still just as funny. Like everything is still there. And then Danny DeVito calls them and is like, "Hey, you've got a really good product. I want in on it." Isn't that cool? And, and, and they were like, that. oh, okay. Well, like, and they were kind of worried about, like, do we have to, like, what do we have to do around him? Do we have to present a certain way? And no, he's just down for absolutely everything. Like, he's <laughs> he's so good for every stupid, he he has said so many effed up quotes on that show. Like, there are so many Danny DeVito quotes that are, like, how did you get him to say this or agree to this? He's always, like, naked all the time. It's it's the most ridiculous thing. You have Charlie Day, who's just ridiculous on that Very show. Um, every, every single one of them has carved like their own career based on Sonny, but they all want to stick to doing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because that's the thing that they absolutely love. Yep. So many, like Seinfeld, they have so many quirky characters. They have the McBoyles, who are just these disgusting hillbilly people. 
uh, the Ponderosas who were like, what if you actually looked up your high school crush again and like started a relationship with them? Definitely not what you want to actually do. You have Matthew Mora, who's better known on the show as Rickety Cricket, who starts off on the show as a priest detricks him into thinking he's still in love with uh that she's still in love with him so he leaves the priesthood to try and be with her but she's not actually in love with him so guess where he is now after 16 seasons if you guessed yep he's a priest you are very wrong he is a homeless crackhead who constantly um has been involved with dog orgies in the past which has been documented on the show as far as him saying it and stating those things they make everybody's lives hell on this show, and it is it's it's brilliant. It's just absolute brilliance. It's so funny. You have to kind of get to know the characters, but as soon as you know who each of them are, it it's the funniest fucking show on the planet. Yeah. It is so good, and I absolutely cannot recommend it enough. Always Sunny in Philadelphia is my number one. Excellent entry. choice. Excellent choice. They also did. At the end of, I, I just watched the season. I want to say it's like twelve or thirteen. But the end of that season, they did a two-part episode um, on the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Yes, and it was so good. It was said they did a Charlie Home Alone where he's like doing all his pregame rituals, which um, Jason Kelsey actually guest stars on. Uh, Amazing. And then they're all um, the rest of the gang is at the Super Bowl, like in the box. And trying to follow their weird traditions too, so that they went. But it's cool because they at the at the very end too, they show all these actual highlights of the city of Philadelphia celebrating like them winning the Super Bowl and all these really cool moments from it. Yeah, and then the real footage of um, uh, Mac and D at the Super Bowl watching them win and being like, "Oh my God, they did it! They did it!" Like like having that moment where they're actually really celebrating I love it. it. There's so much good within it. I I absolutely love it. It's a very beloved show. Very, very good. Yes, sir. And that wraps it up for our top 10 rewatchable shows for this week. Yes. This was a fun list. This was a great choice, Had a too. lot of really good laughs. We don't do this. a whole lot of TV show ones. No. Um, we, it's been a, it's been quite a while um, since we've done it. So yes, I'm glad you you ended up. Uh, this is what you ended up picking. It was cool to talk about some of these things because, like I said, we don't get to enough. And rewatchable shows like everybody has something. Everybody has, and we didn't have any matches either, right? We didn't have any matches. On no, this? we didn't have any. Which is uh, which is cool because that just you know it, it goes to show that certain things hit different people in 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 a different way. So I really enjoy that. Yeah, me too. Um, let's see. So our episode for next week. Yes, I've sir. been stuck between two different ones, but I'm going to go with this one. It's been on my mind for a little while. I'm going to do the uh, the we're going to do the quotes list. Ooh. So any basically any quote anywhere, whether it's funny, inspirational, uh, doesn't matter. Stuff that hits you. Um, that'll be it. So top ten kind of quotes that you know. Quotes that inspirational quote, whatever that kind of get you through uh, through life. So I think there's some good ones in there. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> it's uh, that is a very popular one. <laughs> very popular one. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah. I love that list. I'm gonna actually really be 
thinking about that all week. I've come across a lot of good ones reading books over the last year. So there's uh, a lot of tremendous ones to look at. And you know what? Maybe somebody, you know, you pick up something. Quotes are just just really cool things, and people can draw a lot of inspiration from them. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of good that it can, can do for it. So I agree. Very good. Thank you, everybody, for listening, as always. Um, Give us a follow on Instagram or all of our other socials, like us on Facebook. Um, Make sure you check out all the other wonderful shows right here on BICBP-radio.com. Yes. And, as always, from Matt and myself, do you even list... Come on down south park and meet some friends of mine.